What's up, Joe? <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Jeff Fennell, Sports 360, and I'm here with our co-host, Rob Duran. Rob, what's up, man? How you doing? What's going on, Jeff? How's it going, hey, man? man? I'm I'm doing okay, man. Um, you know, we're, we're sitting here, man, and it's Super Bowl weekend, um, and so we got a lot to talk about in terms of the Super Bowl, and um, I'm excited about it, man. How you feel about it? I'm very excited. We have a... Uh the GOAT and possibly a guy who can become a GOAT at some point if, if his trajectory continues where he is. So I'm hoping for a great, great Super Bowl, man. So am I. I mean, it's funny you talk about Tom Brady as the GOAT, and, and I think he is. I mean, I know that in some of these other sports we have, like especially in basketball, a lot of talk, a lot of controversy about who's the GOAT. Is it Michael Jordan? Is it LeBron? And quite frankly, I don't think it's just down to those two guys. But in any event, you know, in basketball, there's a lot of discussion about who's the GOAT. I don't know if there's really much of a discussion to be had in in football. Um, I mean, a guy who's gone, this is 10th Super Bowl, um, seemed to me, yeah, he's the GOAT, you know. (laughs) He's the GOAT. Uh, But I saw an article, man, they said that that they called uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, baby goat. <laughs> so, <I don't, laughs> so it's goat and baby goat <laughs> are playing this 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 weekend. So, it should be exciting, though. It definitely should be, man. And listen, Mahomes is something special, and he just everything every week is something new with him, and it just is jaw dropping stuff. Whether it's the trick throws or the trick plays or something going on, it's always something exciting with Mahomes. And then Brady. Listen, man, I'm a Jets fan, so I've suffered two decades of Brady just <laughs> continuously winning Super Bowls while the Jets do nothing. So, you know, it, it's nice to see him in the Super Bowl without a Patriots uniform. But listen, man, I, I'm I'm ready for Sunday. Yeah, yeah, so am I. Um, and, you, you know, there's been, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, Brady and and we're going to get to it in a minute. We'll we'll get into more detail, but a lot of talk about you know you know Brady coming over to the Bucks and and whether he was going to be successful and whether or not you know it was Belichick or Brady that was responsible for what went on in in New England with all those wins. And look look they were both there, and obviously they both were responsible for what went on there. Um, but you know. It doesn't look too good in New England when they brought in yeah. Cam Newton, <laughs> and now they don't even make the playoffs. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be exciting. And, and look, hats off to Brady for what he's done. And you know, it's just undeniable. But you know, we'll talk about that in a minute. But I want to pick up on where we left off last time because so much has happened, Rob, on the free agent front in baseball, man. Um, in a, including today, as, as we're speaking here with Trevor Bauer signing with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, Three-year deal, $102 million, um, $40 million this year, $45 million in 2022, opt-outs in, 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 in each year. What do you think about that signing? And, and we'll get into all the others since we last spoke, but let's, let's start with Bauer. I think that um, the Dodgers sat back and saw 
the San Diego Padres trading for you, Darvish, trading for Snell, uh, making all these adjustments to their roster. And they said, okay, I got one for you. And they go out and sign the biggest free agent on the market. Um, kudos to Trevor Bauer for getting his money. I'm always happy when players uh, get their money, especially if they had the season that he had. And he deserves it. You know, I'm never going to do anything like that. I'm always on the player's side when it comes to getting their money. Um, but I think for the Dodgers, all this, all this does is solidify an already strong uh, starting rotation. You know, they, they're adding Bauer to Kershaw, who he's not the Kershaw of old, but he's adjusted the way he pitches, and he's making it work. A lot of these older guys have done that. You saw CeCe Sabathia do it. Um, you see a lot of these older pitchers, you know, where they're not throwing 98 anymore, and they adjust, and they make it work. And that's where Kershaw is now. They have Walker Bueller, who's a stud. Um, and he could be a Cy Young candidate every year. And then they have David Price coming back, who obviously he, he opted out last season, but we'll see where he is. But he's also a good mid-rotation piece right now. So I think the Dodgers are in a position to repeat as they currently stand right now because they're offensively, I'm not worried about them. They still have Mookie Betts, who's a top three player in the league, maybe top two. Uh, Cody Bellinger, who's still a stud and can do his thing. And I'm not worried about the Dodgers at all. They're going to be where they're going to be, and I wouldn't be surprised if they end up as champions again. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Um, I I do think, though, that, that, um, you know, I, I, I do think that, Offensively, they 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 may they they may need to do a little something. Um, but but because and I say that because Kike Hernandez and Jock Peterson are gone, you know, and I think you know that yeah. that took away a little bit of depth from them. Um, you know, given you know Jock Peterson was a contributor, you know, Kike Hernandez, you know, could play different you know positions and things of that sort. And, you know, I, I do think they have to try to figure that part out. But in terms of the signing of Trevor Bauer, as you said, it just makes a a, a pretty good rotation <laughs> that much better. Yeah. And I think I, 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 I'm telling you, I think people are sleeping on David Price. I think because so some people have forgotten about him. They, you know, they've even forgotten that he's on the Dodgers because, as you said, he had opted out last year. But, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, with a year off, does he come back, you know, fresher than everybody else? You know what I mean? And does that help him? And, you know, like you said, Kershaw is reinventing himself. And, yep. and to a certain extent, I think Price has been doing that as well. And when you're talking about coming from the level that both of these guys are coming from, even you know, a reinvented Kershaw and a reinvented David Price is better than a lot of guys at their very best and at their peak. Um, And then you add Bauer. And then, as you said, to me, probably the best one of all is, is Bueller. Um, And so that's, that, that makes them pretty tough. But what about this? Uh, The reports were that the Mets offered Bauer more money, but he still went with the Dodgers. what what do you take from that? I I think he was trying to get more money out of the Dodgers, possibly. But I think um, you know Bauer is from the West Coast, so I think he just wanted to go home and stuff like that. And I think the the allure of the Dodgers and how close they are to a championship 
or closer than the Mets. I think that was part of it. Um, Bauer is a guy who just wants to win. It seems like he just wants to put the uniform on, have fun, play the game, grind it out, and win. And I think where the Dodgers, you know, have been to the World Series a few times in the past few years, finally got over the hump and won it last year, I think all Bauer does is add to that and solidify, you know, maybe his place in finally getting a championship ring. But um, tough luck for the Mets because that would have been some crazy rotation. We're talking about the Dodgers rotation. But having Bauer, DeGrom, Stroman, uh, Syndergaard in there when he gets healthy, depending on how well he comes back, that would have been a crazy rotation out in the East with the Mets. Yeah, and I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. And, and you know I'm a Mets fan. Other people know I'm a Mets fan. Um, I didn't want I, I didn't want Bauer. I'm, I'm going to tell you the <laughs> truth. I'm just telling you. You know, um, I, I think he's too much of a loose cannon, and you know that again, he definitely is. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, I could be overplaying it some, but I think the Mets will be okay. Um, yeah, I, I think the Mets will be okay. But as far as Bauer is signing, like you said, I'm happy for him. You know, I'm happy for players going out there and getting their money. Um, and so that that's one of the big signings, obviously the biggest free agent name out there, especially as, uh, among the pitchers. And he now has landed. Um, but you know, Rob, the last time we were speaking, we went down a list of people of players <laughs> who hadn't signed yet. Right, Rio Muto, Simmons. Simeon, um, there were probably a few others that we were going through and said, hey, these guys haven't signed. What happened? And then about two or three days later, all these guys were signing. So what, what, take us through the market and and, and what you think um, were some of the bigger signings uh, that have come down in the last 10 days or so. I think they're listening to us, Jeff. I think that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I, I like the the Simeon signing. I think, you know, we spoke about him in pretty good detail of how underrated he seems because he doesn't get this attention, even though he's progressively gotten better every single year on both sides of the ball. So I think that's a huge signing. And I also like the, uh, the Simmons signing with Minnesota because Minnesota's defense was historically great last season. And adding Simmons, who may be one of – the best defensive shortstops we've ever seen to that roster and to that defense makes them that much better. And that helps the pitching staff out. Um, and, and they also signed Nelson Cruz back. So Minnesota shored up that defense even more, continues to get that power. And, and Simeon with the Blue Jays, great signing there. I love that signing for them. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think, I think that's a, that, that, you know, just adds to what's going on there, you know, because Springer had signed, you know, shortly before that. And, you yeah. know, they've made some other moves. I mean, they brought in Robbie Ray. They brought in, you know, Kirby Yates, you know, for the, for, for the back end of the bullpen. Um, and so definitely Toronto has been, you know, very, very busy in, in this offseason. Um, but, yeah, you know, Simmons signing um, is uh, – I, I think is also uh, a good one for for um, for Minnesota. Um, what about um, Rio Muto returning to the Phillies? Um, I don't think that was a surprise. It didn't seem to me that he really had a market that was developing. I mean, he got good, you know, a good contract uh, from the Phillies, but 
um, it seemed to me that that one was sort of a no-brainer, that the Phillies really had to bring him back. Yeah, and I think it, it was kind of they had to. They had no other option, especially at catcher, because he's one of the best catchers in baseball, if not the best at this point. And and I'm I'm kind of surprised, not that he signed, but more that he didn't have more of a market out there. You know, the Mets were quick and, and scooped up James McCann, called out a day, solidified their catching position, who really, they were the only team that was rumored to be interested in him in, in Real Mudo. So the fact that there wasn't really much going on with his market was a little shocking considering his stature and the position he plays, a premium position in the game. Um, but yeah, it, it seemed like a no-brainer that he would end up with Phil, with the Phillies again. And it's just the biggest surprise for me was that he didn't have much of a market. Yeah, yeah, but again, he's he he made out okay overall. Yeah. I think what his deal is a hundred and five million dollars or something like that, and so yeah, he he made out pretty well. Um, it would seem to me that you know what what's still kind of left out there in terms of the bigger name free agents, because uh, one guy we mentioned last time who has not signed yet is Marcelo Suna. Um, mm-hmm. And now there are some rumors that he may return to the Braves. Um, you know, one of the things we talked about last time was the potential for universal DH. That seems to be out the window, right? Yeah. You know, there have been some talks between MLB and the Players Association about universal DH, expanded playoffs, uh, a shortened season and some other things. And as of right now, none of that seems to um, be something that's going to happen. Now, anything can change, but there won't be a universal DH. It doesn't seem that way. Um, And so Asuna might be going back to the Braves, but if there's no DH, that's going to be interesting because they're going to have to put him out in the field. And I think he's serviceable, but um, they won't have the flexibility of having his bat in the lineup every day. Um, cause sometimes they're going to have to just give them the day off from, from playing the field. Um, so, you know, we have a sooner that's still kind of out there. Justin Turner is still out there. Uh, Jackie Bradley jr. And, and I, and I think now you're going to start to see some of these players start to sign, yeah. uh, you know, the Mets, you know, have been rumored with, with Bradley jr. And so forth. So, um, I think you'll start to see some of these players now start to sign, especially because, you know, pitchers and catchers are, you know, going to be reporting real soon. Very soon. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we'll also see maybe the starting pitcher market kind of pick up again. The older Rizzi still out there. Um, yeah. Guys like that, they'll probably start picking up now. Now that Bauer finally signed. I'm sure that was the domino waiting to fall. Um, but yeah, man, there's the Jackie Bradley Jr. I'm kind of surprised he's still out there because he's not a huge bat, you know, but defensively he's really good and he's serviceable out there offensively. Um, it's tough. Justin Turner, maybe he ends up back with the Dodgers on a, on a one-year deal type thing. Maybe they're waiting that out, but I want to go back to Osuna because that's a very interesting dynamic there. If he does end up going back to, to Atlanta, because like you said, they're going to lose that bat you know, a couple times a week, maybe late in games, you know, sixth, seventh inning for a defensive replacement, something like that. Because it's hard to take his bat out the lineup completely, but they may be forced to do so and and just lose that power, you know, halfway through a game, depending on the situation. So 
it's going to be tough, but hopefully we'll see a lot of these guys start to sign soon. And especially, like you said, with pitchers and catchers reporting very, very soon. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, but one other baseball note, you know, before we turn to the, you know, talking about the Super Bowl, um, and Rob, you and I talked about this, you know, offline. And it's, you know, we we've had now two stories coming out of baseball of, you know, high ranking baseball officials, right? One a GM, the other a manager. Um, Jared Porter and Mickey Calloway, who have gotten into some real hot water over some inappropriate conduct in, toward uh, female reporters. Um, Jared Porter got fired a few weeks ago. Mickey Calloway, who's now with the Angels as a pitching coach, is suspended uh, because of some allegations of improper conduct um, that took place allegedly over five years. He's denying it, he's denying the conduct. Jared Porter admitted to it and, you know, he got canned. Um, But first of all, man, just generally, what do you think of these stories, man? Because, you know, I will tell you this, you know, for, for both of these guys. um, And again, Porter admitted to it. Callaway, you know, is in denial mode. Right. But these are both guys who are men in positions of power in baseball. Uh, who were, you know, reportedly in, in Callaway's case and for Porter, definitely abusing their power, right? Yep. Where, you know, they're, they're making all kinds of unwanted advances toward female reporters and, and you know, sending, you know, you know Mickey Callaway's you know, shirtless photographs and Porter sending all kinds of lewd text messages and things of that sort. And, you know, it's abuse of power and making it very difficult for these women who are professionals to do their jobs. Um, And so for me, you know, this type of stuff has no place in baseball, has no place in the workplace, has no place in our society. And, you know, Porter needed to go. And if the allegations are, are proven to be true and there's investigations underway into the Mickey Calloway situation, he needs to go too. Yeah, I 100% agree. They honestly, I think I would have uh, cut Callaway instantly, um, just just because it, the allegations I think for me are enough, and they're a fireable offense. At least for me, um, I know they're going to do their investigations and go through all that stuff. But for me, I would have just cut bait right away. Um, but I think the, there's bigger issues that lie behind what they do. And, and I just want to speak real quick about the kind of stuff that women have to go through, especially in the sports industry, because they're already, you know, in society in general, you know, underpaid, all that stuff. But in sports specifically, they're already a few steps behind men, you know, because they're women. That's the only reason, you know, a lot of women are definitely qualified to have some of these roles um, or even more qualified than some men that are in, in these positions. And, they don't get the opportunity because they're women and it's, you know, it's the guy's stuff. It's sports is a guy's thing kind of stuff. So I think the fact that they have to already go through that obstacle and then in the realm of having to prove themselves more than they should, 
and trying to get these positions and do their job and do it well, they have to deal with stuff like this. And it's unfortunate that women have to go through all this stuff because they already have it hard enough just trying to make it to where they want to be, but then to be held back by this, because that's the other thing too, the women that are, that are reporting it, you know, I give props to them because it's courageous to do so, but now they're looked at as, you know, as, as victims and it's kind of setting them back in a way because now they're, this is tied to them forever. So then they're put in the tough choice of, do I not report this and try to make it on, you know, continue my path? Or do I report this and then now people are going to look at me like weak or something like that? You know what I mean? And it's unfortunate because, like I said, there are so many women who are so qualified or overqualified to be where they are and to be further than where they are. And just because they're women, they don't make it. And it's unfortunate these guys think that it's okay to abuse their power and abuse, you know, all this other stuff that they do. And it's it's just not okay, man. It, it, there's no place for that anywhere. No, it's not. And and the other part for me is is you know I look at this as two things. One, you know, clearly abuse of power, right? The, the there's an uneven relationship here, you know, um, because these are reporters who are covering, you know, the game, covering the team, trying to do their job. And, yeah. you know, you have someone who is an important part in helping them do their job. Right. Because they need interviews and information. And so, you know, right. If, you, if they're going to report on the team and the idea that they're put in a situation of, you know, uh, maybe having a denial of access to doing their job, right? Interviewing and getting information and so forth because they won't go along with inappropriate suggestions and conduct yep. really puts them in a situation of, okay, if, if, if I say no and, and if I report it or if I don't go along with it, then I'm cut off from having access to what yep. I need in order to do my job or I give into it Right. And then my reputation is ruined. Right. And, yeah. and and so forth, you know, so and that shouldn't happen. But no, the other part for me, all. the other part for me, Rob, is this. I believe that for anyone to do this, any man to do this, it, it smacks a privilege. OK. And it smacks of a privilege that as a black guy, I don't I don't understand because, see, I wouldn't I couldn't think about doing something like that, you know, for years as in, the, you know, in Mickey Calloway's case or in Jared Porter sending 50, 60 lewd text messages. I couldn't think about doing something like that. You know why, Rob? Because I do I can do innocent things as a black man in this country and be suspected of doing something wrong. Yep. OK, I can do innocent things and be suspected of doing something wrong. And so there's no way on God's green earth I'm going to be doing something like that and, and be thinking like Callaway and Porter that somehow I'm going to get away with it. Because for these guys to do it for so long, they must think they're bulletproof. They must think that if they say something, no one's going to believe them. I can just deny it or or it'll be covered up or whatever, because how else can you think that they because well, think about what's going on. These guys are sending text messages, man. 
Yep. In other words, the <laughs> evidence is going to be there. Yeah. This is not even secret, right? Because you send a text message, that means someone else has it in their phone. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yep. And Stay so forever. He, right. And so, <laughs> yes. And so to do this, you must think that somehow you're bulletproof. And as I said, I can't ever think that way because, well, I'll tell you a story. A few years ago, I, I, I was in Tampa. I had a salary arbitration case and I had a client. We, we had our case coming up in about, you know, two hours. Right. And I had sat down and I ordered lunch and and my client wanted to put the presentation together. Usually that's something I would do. He wanted to save some money or whatever, so he wanted to do it, right? And he was staying at a hotel that was about an um, about a mile, mile and a half away. And the hearing was going to be held at the hotel at which I was staying. So I went, it's about two hours before the hearing, so I went to have lunch. I ordered my lunch. He calls me frantically. Jeff, I just got back from the printer with the presentation. I need help putting it together, right? So I get up from the table, I go cancel my lunch order, and I start running down the streets of Tampa, right? Because it's about an hour, um, an hour, about a mile away, mile and a half away, and the hearing is coming up now in less than two hours. I'm Rob, I'm running down the streets of Tampa. And then I remembered something. I remembered I was black. And I said, wait a minute, <laughs> I'm a black guy running down the streets of Tampa <laughs> in the middle of the afternoon, right? And I said, yep. this doesn't look good. Now, I'm I'm doing something totally innocent and legitimate. I'm trying to get to a client to help them. But I had to remember, I'm a black guy in America. I said, I, said, I need to slow down, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can't be running down the street. Well, I'm telling you the truth, man. This is what went through my head. Right. And see, so because we, you know, there's so many men of color who think that way. It's they're not, they're not doing, I'm not saying no men of color have ever done what Mickey Calloway and Porter have been, you know, charged with doing. I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to do that. Right. Because these kind yeah. of things know no bounds in terms of color and ethnicity and that kind of thing. But if you want to talk about who's more inclined to do it, I'm telling you, I believe, it's, it's going to come from guys who not only have something twisted going on in their head, but they also believe that they have a privilege and a right to do it. And I, all I'm saying is when I know I can't run down the street in Tampa or I can't walk into the store and act a certain way because someone's going to suspect me, even if I'm doing nothing, all I'm saying to you is, that idea that these two guys must have had, that I can do this and get away with it, I don't understand it because that's a privilege that I know I don't have. Yeah, and, and it's unfortunate that that's the way society is, that these guys think that it's okay because whatever, if I get caught, like you said, if I get caught, I'll just deny it and I'm okay. <laughs> I'll find, you know, if I get fired from here, I'll get a job somewhere else. Right. I'll, I'll be okay. Right. And, and and that just straight up, it just sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, to me, they, like we said, man, they, there's no place for this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens with the Callaway situation. Um, 
and we'll see if, if, if this is going to be the end of it. I would tend to think not um, because sometimes, you know, once, uh, you know, uh, uh, the ball starts rolling in a certain direction when, you know, mm-hmm. you know, women begin to to speak out and, and, and get up the courage to to do so. You, you find out that it's, you know, more and more will step forward. And so we'll see, you know, what, what happens. But, you know, um, this is a black eye for the game. And one last thing I will say, can the Mets hire somebody to do some background checks here, please? <laughs> I mean, really, man? I mean, Jared Porter was their GM. Mickey Callaway at one point was their manager. And some of this yep. conduct, took place during his tenure with the Mets, but also took place allegedly, you know, prior to him being hired as the Mets manager when he was with the Cleveland Indians as a pitching coach. So it was out there. Can the Mets get somebody to do a, 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 a thorough background check? I mean, really, man, they should hire the FBI at this point, Justin. They got to do something. They got to do something because whoever whoever has been charged with with vetting their their candidates, um, you know, they have not done a good job. But not no. My goodness. Um, all right, so Super Bowl man, um, Brady and Mahomes, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think a little bit of a surprise uh, to many uh, to be here. Kansas City, not so much. Um, straight up, first of all, who do you think is going to take this game? Ooh, so I've actually been wrestling with this since um, since we last talked, where you said we we're going to talk about this today. And I've been thinking so much, and I've been going back and forth, thinking about who the heck is going to win this game. Because both teams are, are solid teams, man. Like, the Bucks defensively, are that front line of, it, of theirs is, is just beast mode. But then Mahomes can kind of do it all. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm going to go maybe against the grain a little bit. I think Tom Brady's going to pull it off. Wow. I'm picking, I'm picking the Bucks. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, um, it, you know, going against Tom Brady or, you know, picking against him is sort of like picking against LeBron. You know, um, <laughs> because, you know, LeBron always just seems to find a way to win. And Brady, obviously, you know, the biggest winner in, in NFL history. Um, Brady's 43 and he's still doing it. Right. He's here in his 10th Super Bowl. And so, look, to pick Brady is not, you know, nobody can fault you for that. But I will, uh, because I think there's no <laughs> way in the world <laughs> that Patrick Mahomes is losing this game. I was Man. talking to somebody just yesterday, Rob, and I told them I would, if I'm playing anything on earth, I don't care what the game is. I would want Patrick Mahomes on my side. That that's how special that guy is to me. I mean, we could be playing something he's never played before. We could play cornhole. We could play <laughs> ring around the rosy. We could play whatever. If we're playing a game, I would want Patrick Mahomes on my side. Um, that that guy just seems special, man. And so, yeah, I, um, I can't blame you for that. Yeah, I, so I'm I'm going with Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, I, I think you know, I think beyond beyond um, 
you know, the two quarterbacks here. I think that um, I think Tampa Bay's defense is a bit more stout than than Kansas City's. And I do think Kansas City has some question marks on their offensive line because so many guys are out, you know. Um, But Kansas City's firepower is greater than than Tampa Bay's. And I think a big key for Tampa is going to be to keep Mahomes off the field as much as possible. Yeah, and the, and even if they were able to do that, what, I, I didn't see too much of the Buffalo game with Kansas City. But what I did see was that they were down, I believe it was 10-0. Kansas City was down. And I, and I go back to the TV, and all of a sudden they're up. And I think it must have been 10 minutes later. And not yeah. 10 football minutes. I'm talking about 10 real-time minutes later. They're up. So they can score so quick. It's, yeah. it's insane how quick they can score. And a lot of it is, is you know, their receivers are – I don't know if they if there's a team that has more weapons than the Chiefs offensively, and, and maybe the Bucks are one that you can rival with, you know, with Evans and and Gronk and all these other guys there. But Tyree Kill is I don't know if anybody on the Bucks uh, defensive back can, if any defensive back can stop Tyree Kill. I doubt it. I don't think anybody can. But my God, the the quickness of how they score, how efficient they are, is is what's scary. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's right. Um, and that's why I think trying to keep them off the field, but your point is keep them off the field all you want. They can score quickly. Right? They don't yeah. need much time. And that's a fair point. Um, you know, I think, I think though, you know, the, the matchup up front is going to be interesting um, yeah. because, you know, again, with, with the Kansas City offensive line, sort of a makeshift at this point, and the ability for Tampa to create some pressure both inside with Sue and 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 others, and then on the outside, you know, Jason Pierre Paul, you know, is still, you know, um showing that he he knows how to get to the quarterback. Yeah. And, and and I think that's going to be, you know, an, an an interesting thing to see. But having said that. Mahomes is quick and he's elusive too. And if you don't get him, you know what I mean? And if you have to bring an extra uh, player, especially to try to put pressure on him, then that just exposes you, you know, in the passing game, right. To a guy like this and to, you know, the, the play calling of the chiefs. So it, 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 it's going to be a chess match in a lot of ways, you know, um, with the Tampa Bay defense trying all they can, can muster, to slow down because you're not going to stop them, but to slow down no. this offense. Yeah, it's going to be a big Todd Bowles versus Eric Bieniemy type Super Bowl, and it's two high power teams. You know, both on both sides of the ball. They're, they're just, it's, I, I'm hoping for a good game. I hope this this isn't one of those games that, you know, it's hype on paper and then turns out one of the teams wins 50 to 17 kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of hoping for a close game. I mean, the, the last time they played, I think it was like 27 24. And the Chiefs took it. So I'm hoping for something similar. You know, I don't think it's going to be too much of a defensive game in terms of scoring. But I think I'm hoping for a good game. I want to see it go down to the wire. And I want one of these guys, whether it's Mahomes or Brady, to have the ball with the game on the line at the end. That's all I'm asking for. Well, yeah, I, 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 I tend to think that it's not going to be that way. I, I think, I think by midway in the fourth quarter, if not at the beginning of the fourth quarter, this game is going to be over. 
Um, I think Kansas City is going to put a whooping on them. Because here's the thing. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I didn't even mean that to be funny. I was just like, I just, I just, it's just point of fact. I think they're going to put a whooping on them. But here's the thing, Rob. I mean, you know, I, I was really interested in the coverage of the Tampa Bay Green Bay game. Um, and, and, and how you had a lot of the reporting after the game gushing over Tom Brady. Tom Brady's done it again, 10 Super Bowls. He's taken Tampa there, um, you know, all the rest of it. And look, he's he deserves, you know, a lot of props. But let's be honest. Homeboy threw three interceptions yeah, he in the second half. Okay, he threw three interceptions in the second half. And if it wasn't for, you know, for me, an inept Green Bay defense who couldn't stop, you know, when they knew the run was coming and couldn't stop the run, you know, yep. and, and that last drive. And if it wasn't for the questionable call of the coach and not letting Rodgers go for it on fourth and goal. And I know they're at the eight on the nine yard line, but you know what? You don't get it. They're pinned down yeah. there and you still got yeah. the two minute warning and you still got your three timeouts. So yeah. from a field position standpoint, why go for three and then kick the ball off and they can get the ball at the 25 at the very least, or maybe even a 30 or the 35. Why not, why not go for it? Maybe you get the touchdown. If you don't, they're pinned. Right. So I don't know why they did that, but there was a lot of things that kind of went their way. That little fluke touchdown at the end of the first half when what in the world was this, the defensive back <laughs> on Green Bay thinking? Oh, boy. And, and yet this game is still in the balance. And so I didn't yeah. see Tom Brady like being great in that game. But yet some of the coverage would suggest that he was. And he was anything but. He can't play like that in this game. Oh no, definitely not. He can, if he plays anything like he played in Green Bay, then that you're right. It's it's going to be a whoop and it's going to be it's not even going to be close. And the game is going to by halftime I think the game will be over. But he has to play up to he has to play like he's been playing towards the end of the regular season where Tampa Bay went on this run and I think a lot of it has to do with comfort. You know, we forget that they didn't have a off season at all and he's a new team, you know, a bunch of new pieces on this team. And it was a new system for him up until they kind of figured out, all right, let's let Brady handle the line of scrimmage towards the end of the season. But, yeah, if he, if he doesn't play almost perfect, then we have an issue. And, and I think the same thing goes for Mahomes. I think Mahomes has to play, and it's just crazy to say, he has to be the best version of Mahomes that there is to take this game and make it convincing and just say, I'm here. I'm, I'm, I've arrived. Well, if you have a pen, I'll give you something to write down um, so that you can have it and, you know, you can have it forever. Um, (laughs) And here it is. Kansas City, 45, Tampa Bay, 17. That's the score. Wow. You're giving me a boring game. Well, it depends on who you're rooting for. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, wow. 45-17. Wow. Sorry. Man. Who's 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 the halftime uh entertainment? Uh the weekend. 
Okay. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I would, I would, I would imagine <laughs> that after the weekend is finished, um, his halftime show, the ratings are going to go down because this game's going to be over. Man. Wow. Forty-five I seventeen. Would, Put it down. I, I was thinking more. Somewhere, I don't know, maybe 24, 27, like the last time, maybe, I don't know, maybe a little bit more. But, wow, you're, you're calling a blowout here. Yeah, but but I think it, you know, yeah. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> hey, I I'm won't sorry. be mad. Listen, I had to see Brady win a lot of Super Bowls while I live in Boston. So, it is what it is. Yeah. And here's a <laughs> here's a thing though that I believe that um I can envision and that is that the Chiefs get up and 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 you know uh Tampa has to throw the ball a lot more than they want to. And if they if yeah. that happens then that's that's just trouble. That's just trouble. Um and I know Brady is cuz Brady now is about short and mid-range. You know what I mean yeah. for the most part. Yeah. That's what he's looking to do and his guys got to get some yards after the catch. And, you know, you, you, you get down by, you know, a certain amount where you have to put the ball in the air a lot more than you want to. Um, I just think generally that's 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 not a good recipe. But, yeah, man. So um, so I watch the game probably until like the midway point of the third quarter. But I, I will suggest that by that point, you know, because it's going to be one of those games where coming out of halftime, you say, well, these next couple of possessions are going to be important for the Bucks," And then when they don't get anything and Kansas City puts a few more points on the board midway through the third quarter, the game's going to be over. Sorry, Rob. Hey. It is what it is, right? Just enjoy it for the first two and a half quarters. It'll be (laughs) just buy enough Doritos and and nachos and all the rest of it. Tell the guy you get your chicken wings from, just give me enough for two and a half quarters. (laughs) (laughs) Cause that's all you're gonna need, bro. Just for two and a half quarters. Enough food for two and a half quarters. That's all. <laughs> Calling a blowout. Wow. I didn't expect yep. that one, but we'll see. Yeah. I'm still I'm still riding with Brady, even though it pains me a little to say it, but I wouldn't mind Brady winning just to see him win and not a Patriots uniform. I'll take that. Yeah, I mean I would. I mean, and again only because I think Brady's won enough. And yeah. that's, you know, he's, he's won enough. And, but more than that though, on, on the more positive side, um, you know, I, I just think Mahomes is one of the more, obviously one of the more dynamic talents that we've seen in the NFL. Oh, yeah. And I also think that, you know, uh, Andy Reid has done a great job, you know, obviously with the chiefs and all the things that he's gone through uh, professionally and personally. Um, yeah, you know, uh, you, you, you have to, you know, root for him. You know, there's a part of you as a human being that you just root for that, you know, for, for that and all the things that he has overcome. Um, and they're just one of the more exciting teams in the league right now. You know, a lot yeah. of that goes back to Mahomes, but a lot of it goes back to the other players that they have too, because they are a dynamic bunch, 
Um, you know, Kelsey, great tight end. You know, you talk about, you know, um, you know, Tyreek Hill and, and, you know, they're just a dynamic, dynamic team. And so I'm just rooting for them, um, you know, because of, you know, those factors, you know, exciting team, young team. Um, and, you know, I've seen Brady do it before and I never rooted for, for Brady. You know, I'm, I was never a New England fan, you know, New England fan. Um, but I do admire his greatness because it can't be denied. Oh, definitely not. And, and like I said earlier, take it from a Jets fan who's seen him firsthand twice a year, sometimes three times if the Jets felt like making the playoffs that year. <laughs> the guy, the guy's the GOAT, you know, and, and yeah. I've always told people I hate the guy, but I, you have to be crazy to not say Tom Brady is the GOAT, you know. He, yeah. He's just who he is. And the fact that he's still doing this at age 43, and, you know, he still has some zip on the ball every once in a while. So, it's impressive. He keeps himself in shape. He's doing what he's doing. He's in his 10th Super Bowl for a reason. Yeah. And, so and respect to him, man. Yeah. No no doubt. No doubt. Um, but unfortunately, down goes Frazier and down goes Brady. Brady's going to go down this 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 Sunday. So Baby, baby goat for the win. Baby goat for the win. <laughs> and and, and let, me, let me ask you this. Did 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 you write down the score I gave you? I didn't. What was it? Did no, that's okay. 40? Don't write it down. Too late now because you won't be able to use it against me. 45-17. <laughs> All right. That's right. And I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with 45-17. That's right. That's right. So... But yeah, man, so it should be a good one um, for, you know, two and a half quarters and then, you know, we'll move on. We'll move on from there. So, all right, man. So listen, let, let's see what really happens because uh, I'm just an amateur <laughs> prognosticator here. Let's see what really happens. And, um, and, and you know, let's come back on the other side and, 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 and recap the game um, in, in, in our next show. So I look forward to doing that. But um Always a good one, man, you know, and we'll see what happens, man. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to just sitting back and watching it, man. Um, you know, I, I don't have a lot of things going on. Usually I'm in salary arbitration right now, you know, and I have one case and it's, it's over and I'm glad. And so now I can enjoy the Super Bowl. So let's sit there back and relax and, and and take it all in. So I hope you do the same, man. Enjoy it. And Let's come back, um, you know, and do a recap and, and, and see who, you know, who was right on this one. Sounds like a plan. 45-17. I wrote that down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right, so I'll catch you next time, man. We'll come back and we'll do the recap. But enjoy the weekend, and, and we'll talk in a couple of days. Sounds good. Take care, Jeff. All right, you too. 